Amanda Bott. There aren't many people I've known longer career-wise than Amanda, and people that I could say have followed such a similar path to mine. Amanda Bott is the real deal, with a really long string of letters behind her name and one of the brightest in her industry. She's held leadership positions in massive urban school districts at a young age where she was known as an innovator. She was an award-winning rep for Kellogg's where she served those in K-12 and in healthcare. And now she is the vice president of K-12 for Palmetto Gourmet Foods, where she has the responsibility of building out their K-12 division. This episode is her origin story and an inspiration to all young professionals. It's also the beginning of a series of episodes sponsored by Woodles. What's a Woodle, you ask? Well, listen and find out. Your taste buds will thank you. Amanda Bott, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for joining me on the Next Up podcast. Yes, thanks, Marlon. I'm very happy to be here, and it is my first podcast ever. So, so how was your first podcast? You're my first. That is amazing. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> so, me and you, we kind of go, we go back a bit, right? Yeah, yeah, we we do. Probably eight years or so. Um, I was working in. Either at Polk County or I don't know. I was working still at a district. I think you were at Orange County at the time. Yeah, maybe my first year there. Yeah. Um, met at a Florida School <laughs> Nutrition Association state conference. I, I like how you got that look <laughs> on your face because you're not going to get into how we met. <laughs> it was at the, the Friday night party, I believe. Yeah. It was a Friday night after party. Let's be real. Friday night after party. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, much younger and a lot less we responsibilities to. Yeah, professionally right? <laughs> to worry about but also um yeah just a really good group of people back then and it's funny how those relationships sustain and come back around it really is a good group of people because I mean like you that was my first conference ever in the school nutrition world and you were the first person that I actually like for real met from another school <laughs> district that I became friends with and now here we are like eight to ten years later and we're collaborating on a ton of stuff and you're on the podcast my podcast for the first time your first podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's just been great. You really do have to respect and value every single interaction and meeting you have with people because, as you know, it's all about relationships. And neither one of us would be here right now if it weren't for our relationship. And I appreciate that. So thank you. Yeah. And I think you're a master relationship builder. And I've always admired <laughs> that about you. I think it was very clear to me when I met you so long ago, if well, not that long ago, but years now and almost a decade yeah uh that you had an entrepreneurial spirit a lot of energy and I knew that that wasn't going to be contained in a school district it didn't surprise <laughs> me you know when you left Pasco County and yeah um ultimately have yeah well the funniest thing to me is that I'm a huge introvert like I don't like really being in the limelight I'm not the outgoing one um, like if I'm in a group or hanging out with a group of people, like I'm normally the quiet guy that's just sitting there kind of hanging out or laughing at jokes. Like I'm not the one leading the party and people don't tend to really get that when they see me doing all these things on the camera or on podcasts and all that. But I don't know what it is. It's like when the camera's on me or something, I become a different person. I don't know. <laughs> well, a lot of, I think a lot of actors and have the same feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Who they are in front of the camera is much different than who they are. Um, off camera, but I don't know that you're that different off camera. <laughs> it depends what <laughs> I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, well, the first time that kind of hit me, and I know we're getting way off off topic here. The first time that I became okay with being an introvert was watching Kevin Hart's talk show, and Ice Cube was on it. And you, you know, like Ice Cube, you think he's like this like loud, energetic, boisterous guy, but he was super quiet, laid back, and barely even said anything on the talk show. And I was like, oh, he's kind of like me. I get it. I get it. If he can do it, I can do it too. <laughs> well, it's about knowing your strengths and your capabilities and then finding people who have strengths that you don't have. Mm, yes, absolutely. You hit it right in the head. Yeah, which uh, luckily my current company, which we'll get to eventually, has identified me as the strength that they, <laughs> they don't have. And that's why, yeah, I've been brought on there. Yeah, but we'll, absolutely. we'll get there. Well, let's talk about your experiences and how you developed these strengths that you were um, sought out for. So you worked in two different school districts doing what? So, well, before even working for school districts, there's a little bit of some ground to cover. Uh, In college, as a nutrition student, you're kind of told, and and a lot of school programs or college programs for nutrition and dietetics are very um, clinically focused. And I knew pretty quickly uh, that I did not want to be a clinical dietitian. Why? Because I didn't want to... I had worked in healthcare settings as a CNA in high school and college, and then as a diet tech in college, and um, I didn't want to work in a setting with um, ill people and, and also people who didn't necessarily want to hear a dietitian's advice, right? Going to tell the cardiac patients about low-sodium, low-fat diets every day for decades didn't sound fantastic to me at the time. And also, I didn't feel like there was a lot of progression opportunities within hospitals. I mean, to become the senior dietitian is, you know, a seniority. You have to be at a hospital for a long time for that type of career progression. And I didn't see myself kind of staying so stagnant. And yeah. also, I've never been traditional. I don't didn't see myself staying in one place, settling down, getting married and having kids right away. And I, I wanted a much more dynamic career. You are very ambitious. That's one thing I have to say <laughs> about you, because every time we talk about, you know, like the things that we want in our future is what we're going after. Like you always have a plan and you're ready to attack it. Which some, that's something I appreciate from you. And I feed off of that. So thank you. Yeah. Sometimes the plan's a little clearer than other times, but ultimately, you know, keep putting one step in front of the other, you know, take advantage of the opportunities that come to you. Um, but in college, I applied to a lot of different opportunities. Um, I had three different internships during my time in college, but one of them was an internship with the Schwann Food Company, whose R&D facility just happens to be in my hometown or about 10 miles outside of my hometown, basically my hometown in Marshall, Minnesota. And I interned there the summer before my junior year of college. And they, for those of you who don't know, though most people listening to this podcast probably do, uh, Schwann's is a huge manufacturer of frozen pizza for school systems. Um, And actually in in elementary and middle school, they would hold fundraisers and we would go taste test Schwann's school pizza. Uh, It was the best. (laughs) And for the people that may not know Schwann's, they may know Jet Tila because isn't Jet one of their like corporate chefs or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. But that was... This is way back in the day before his time probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, this was uh, 2010. Okay. Uh, Actually, it would have been 2000, the summer of 2009. Gotcha. And 10, yeah. The dietitian who was my supervisor there during my internship, 
she was so passionate about school food service and the Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act of 2010, like those regulations had just rolled out for a call um, on comments. So it's my job as an intern to go through line by line and highlight and earmark all of the points that Schwanz might want to make comments on for this new regulation. That's a big responsibility for an intern. You know, I was, yeah, they, they hired me and they trusted me. And wow. yeah, and it was, it opened my eyes to a career that I hadn't really known about. Like school food service had never been on my radar. It's not something we really were told about in our early um, classes of nutrition and dietetics. Um, and then the woman I worked under, her name is Sue Holbart. Uh, she now is um, the Nutrition and Regulatory Affairs, I believe, senior manager for ConAgra. I'm probably not getting that <laughs> title right, but um, she was a huge inspiration. Her passion for school food service and making sure that the food that Schwanz was developing met these new regulations coming down the pipeline. Uh, we, I sat in on meetings with her, with their R&D and their marketing and, and she, her, the communication she had. She was the school nutrition expert and it just like this light bulb went off in my head yeah. and I'm like, wow, this now this is a career, you know, that I can get behind. Um, I a lot of dietitians want to go into um, pediatric uh, nutrition and work in like children's hospitals. But once again, I mean, seeing sick kids every day like that, would be tough. It's definitely a calling and rewarding, but not what I wanted. But now I'm like, this is a different avenue to be able to work with kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I went home, I remember going home that summer and like making this big announcement to my parents in there in our family kitchen and like, mom and dad, I know what I want to do with my career. And they were like, okay. I'm like, I want to work in school nutrition and school food <laughs> service. And they were like, Okay. <laughs> I remember all, what is that and why? <laughs> I was so excited because I had felt, I felt like I had found a direction for my career um, and they just didn't quite understand at the time. Um, well, that's radically different from what they did or maybe still do. I don't know, because weren't your parents farmers? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, my parents were farmers. Um, they farmed the same farm my dad grew up on with my grandparents and uh, pig farmers in southwest Minnesota. But, I mean... Were they expecting you to kind of, like, follow in their footsteps or no? I'm the oldest of five siblings, and I have three brothers, so there was definitely, gotcha. you know, more um, <laughs> expectation maybe to the boys. But, you know, my parents are very supportive of what um, any of their kids choose to do career-wise. So, um, But, I mean, my love for food and nutrition definitely stems from growing up on a farm and having so much fresh food available to us all the time. Yeah. So that's kind of like my school nutrition origin story. Um, from there, after college, I went to moved to Sarasota County uh, in Florida because I got the dietetic internship with Sarasota County Schools. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a well-known school nutrition-focused, yeah, uh, school about food service-focused dietetic internship, which there was only like maybe two in the country with that sort of emphasis. So I was very strategic and specific about the internship I applied into. And you had an amazing leader there. Yes, Beverly Gerard was a visionary, <laughs> is a visionary in this um, industry, and just a fantastic mentor, um, as is Sarah Dan, who's like, she was the internship coordinator, and she's still, you know, the director at Sarasota. But having those two women and that whole team there to basically take us from dish room 
to director in terms of like a uh, school nutrition program. We worked every job and shadowed every position. That's cool. Um, what was it like working in a dish room? Honestly, it... <sighs> It's not that bad because it's a lot less stressful than having to, you know, work out on the cash register where it's much more fast paced. I mean, the dish room, you can kind of get into your own little vibe and you're kind of in control and it's not glamorous, but you don't have to like, you know, manage some of these other people. (laughs) Some of these professionals on the on the point of sale in the cash register, like I don't understand how they memorize every kid's name. Like, yes, I, I know you see their name on the POS. It comes up. But like when I when I took my job at Pasco to do IT, I went back to my old school, my old elementary school. And the lady that was I think back then when, when I was a kid, she was a, a cook. She was now the manager at the school district, and she remembered my name. Like, how do they remember all these names? It's the wildest thing to me. And it's something that I appreciate because a lot of these kids going through the lines, they may not get that smiling face at home or in the classroom or the person that cares enough to remember their name. But going through some of these lunch lines, man, these ladies and gentlemen, they're spot on. Oh, they know everyone's name. I've seen them bring shoes for kids on cold days that they know these kids usually come in flip-flops. I mean, the hearts, their hearts are massive. And yeah, it's oftentimes, you know, one of the best interactions some of these kids have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you work a POS cash register on the first day of school <laughs> um, and you would wish you were in the dish room. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> there's little I and that's what I did you know that internship year first day of school you know intern you're you're on the cash register and these kids trying to get a first grader to type in their number you know while they're looking at the little badge that their Mm -hmm. teacher has just put on them wide-eyed they can't even say their name yeah because they're so shell-shocked um but anyway yeah you this room's not so bad all the time so I have to ask what was probably your biggest takeaway um, being in Beverly's program at Sarasota as an intern? Or there's two things, but this first one, um, I, it was a couple weeks into the program, and it was her and Sarah, and she's she goes to me, and you get pulled into her office. I think each one of us had, at some point during that internship got pulled into her office. She's not afraid to uh, give you some tough love and <laughs> no, some good not. feedback. Yeah, <laughs> but she looked at me, and she asked me, she's like, Amanda, do you want to be here? And I... It kind of makes me almost tear up now, but I just, I broke down in tears and because I was so kind of shocked by that question, but I realized um, that, yeah, I guess the way that I was showing up, it wasn't that I wasn't excited, but I think I was just really overwhelmed with the life change. I moved across the country. I, you know, just graduated from college, didn't have, you know, my friends or my family. and, And she was just like, you just need to smile more. You know, people are wondering if you want to be here. And I wanted to be there more than anything. Um, Granted, you know, we were having to show up to our rotations at like five in the morning. (laughs) So, you know, anyone at five in the morning, you know, but upon first impressions, it's important. So that's one thing, you know, that I've taken from that is when you show up, you know, make sure you smile and you look like you want to be somewhere because I'm not necessarily a super bubbly, smiley person. I don't think people would call me unfriendly, but <laughs> just making sure and being aware of the way that your um, your body position and your face, you know, just making sure that you look like you want to be somewhere. Yeah. 
And then the other thing I took away, when you sit in a meeting with Beverly, you have to be engaged because she has this way of calling on people throughout the meeting asking for feedback. And so as interns, we were taking um, uh, notes the entire meeting. And when she would call on us, you would need to have thoughts to be able to say to her. So I had never... Um, been challenged in a way like that and the way that she can command a meeting is always something I've really respected and and tried to take forward Um, so those are yeah two key takeaways from her so you learn something at a pretty young age as far as being willing to ask the tough questions or have the difficult conversations it took me like up until a year ago to learn the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I've just learned that the most growth happens from those difficult conversations, like if you're able to have them and move on. Um, and, and I've always welcomed, you know, during performance reviews, what can I do? Like to have a manager who's like, you're doing good. All right, we're done. It's like that's... That's not helping anybody. Like it feels good in the moment, but yeah, you're not yeah. really improving so long term, it's, it's a horrible idea. Absolutely yeah. horrible. And it's not like Beverly was asking these questions because she was upset or mad or wanted to be mean. Like she was asking out of love. Exactly. And, and to not get defensive, you know, and say, OK, obviously the way that I'm viewing something isn't the way someone else is viewing something. So what can I do? You know, where is there this disconnect? Yeah. And then I love the fact that she actually calls out on people in meetings and not just to make sure they're paying attention. Like she genuinely wants to get your feedback because she's a big deal. Like, let's let's keep it real. But you can't be everything to everybody all the time. And she knows that, you know, there's a valuable insight that can be you know gathered from even her interns at the district. And she's an amazing leader. Having a place at the table at that, you know, young age. yeah, I think it definitely did impact my confidence and knowing that, you know, my opinion mattered. Mm-hmm. So so do you still keep in contact with Beverly? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I you know, do. we'll see each other. <laughs> we'll see each other at professional events once in a while. But every time I'm considering, you know, a big career move or she's just been a great sounding board. And um, yeah, okay. I hope I hope to host her at my house. We've been talking about that for a while. Um, but it would be. Yeah. Fun, fun moment to have. That. And I have to say, speaking of hosting, you are an amazing host. I had the chance to go to your Christmas party <laughs> <laughs> over the weekend. Well, that's just the benefit of you know living close to each other. And, yeah. And yeah. But you definitely have a love for food and love for people. And oh my gosh, that bread was legit. Well, thank you. That, it whatever means that a potato lot. soup was that you made, that was next level. <laughs> Yes, everyone's wanting the recipe, so uh, I have that. Yeah, yeah Ashley right. wants it. So <laughs> great. Um, yeah, so talk to me about uh, Orange County and Polk. Would you would you do there? Yeah. So after my internship, uh, I searched for a job in Florida that would bring me into a school district. So Polk County hired me um, as an area supervisor. There's about a hundred schools in that district and we had three area supervisors. Mm. So at about 23 years of age, I was overseeing uh, 33 cafeterias with women, all women. I didn't have a, a male manager actually, all women. Well, most of them had been in their cafeterias longer than I had been alive. <laughs> and in fact, there was one, Linda Waring. She was um, had been in her cafeteria since she was in her late teens, and she was now, I believe, just about to retire. Wow. So she liked to remind me that I had, or she had been in her cafeteria for twice as long as I had been alive. Oh, man. 
And then um, on top of that, too, <laughs> you're not just managing 33 different, like, cafeterias. It's 33 different restaurants because school nutrition programs are restaurants. They're restaurant chains, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Each district is a, is a, is a <clears throat> restaurant chain, small or large. Um, but having such good experience from my internship and knowing the new guidelines that had rolled out, the managers weren't super happy about having to change all their recipes and result of the 2010 Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act. Um, But because I had gone through like reviews, all day reviews, um, and I knew the regulations really well, um, and I knew that I couldn't come in and and be like a know-it-all to these districts, right? right? Like I'm like, hey, I have as much to learn from you as you can hopefully like learn from me in regards to these new regulations. Let me help you um, make sure that your program's compliant because we all need to be compliant to the USDA for reimbursement. Uh, and I think I it was there for two years, and I think I did a really good job um, at that young age of not um, coming in with a, I'm here to tell you what to do, but uh, I'm here to help you um, do the job that you need to do. And like, I'm not here to get you in trouble. Um, I'm just here to yeah assist you with the things that you need, whether that be yeah. production records, um, you know, even HR, people management. I talked to some <laughs> managers about yeah the people management issues they were having. I even helped redesign some school kitchens for like the design projects we yeah, were working like on. Fun. Yeah, it was amazing. It was so fun. And then from there, uh, I actually probably left that job a little earlier than I would have liked. We I am. Um, and I worked with some really wonderful women um, and managers in that job. But I left um, after about two years to go work for Orange County in Orlando, Florida, um, and became as there. As Mark would say, the real Orange County. <laughs> he always says yes, that. Yes, <laughs> Mr. Mark Watson, uh, yes, director at Orange County. He was the assistant director at the time I yeah. was there, but yeah, the real OC. Um, <laughs> He is, yeah, a fantastic person. Um, But at Orange County, I was the grant manager. So, like, Fresh Fruits and Vegetable Program, Action for Healthy Kids grants, uh, and then the nutrition educator for the district, which meant managing the um, wellness policy and the education that revolves around that, so no small feat. And then uh, finally, the summer food service director um, for Orange County. And Orange County operates, or they did at the time I was there, the largest summer food service program oh, in wow. the state of Florida. So, And you had to oversee that? So I oversaw <laughs> that. And honestly... Did you sleep at all? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That was, uh, that was a huge undertaking. <clears throat> I was told before my coming in there that there wasn't anyone who had stayed in that position longer than a year for a while, um, which meant that there was no systems um, that were in place because there had been so much turnover and also that it was a program that operated in the red. And so that first year I started in August. So I did have a little bit of like a ramp up to summer Um, but a year later, I couldn't believe it when the finance girl came to me and she's like, Hey, here's an excess funds form. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, we made money this summer and you need to tell the, um, Florida department of agriculture, how you plan to like spend this money, money, otherwise they get it back. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, this is a great, 
you know, problem to have. Not a problem. This is a great thing to have on my plate. So Laura Gilbert was the director at the time uh, in Orange County. And I met with her and I'm like, hey, we have this like extra money. Like, what do you think we should do with it? And kind of brainstormed some ideas and ultimately decided to try to work out um, a new food bus because that summer we had partnered with the library. We had a, a school bus that had been converted into a school serving line. Uh, and it was it was an old bus, though, and, and it wasn't really fitting our needs. So we wanted to come up with like a better vehicle um, and ultimately decided to submit the excess funds report for a retrofit on it, like a new bus to create into a food bus. And so actually the next um, two summers, we continued to make money. The next summer we submitted our excess funds report for um, the equipment that we would need to put into this custom bus. And then the third summer was the stainless steel like fabrication to get like the bus ready, you know, because you can have equipment, but it needs to be custom like installed into yeah. the bus. So. Right when I was leaving Orange County was about uh, a couple of months, like six, or maybe three months later, because I remember one of my first visits there as like the Kellogg's rep, I saw the finished bus product. But um, yeah, so they now have this feeding bus um, or they this have food bus. Now. Well, they have it. They do have a fleet of vehicles, but they're the one that um, yeah, that I had, or it was a custom-made bus um, that they continue to roll out to their summer programs. We were feeding kids at the libraries, and that program expanded from two summer or two libraries the first summer to four libraries to six, and I don't, they may be more now. Yeah, before um, Laura retired, I had the opportunity to go out there, and we did a highlight on Orange County, and I got a chance to check out some of the uh, some of the buses, and those are pretty awesome. So kudos mm-hmm. to you for helping get that that program launched. Yeah, yeah. You know, when your mission is to feed kids um, and to f- reach as many hungry mouths as possible, like people just get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, about three years into Orange County, I was wrapping up my master's degree at the University of Tampa, an MBA and a master's in marketing. And I was feeling that restless itch like, OK, I think that, you know, the next thing might be on the horizon. And I was um was approached about an opportunity at Kellogg's to be the K-12 key account executive for the Southeast. So I, I made the leap to the dark side. <laughs> so I'm from operator to manufacturer. Um, and I loved, it was like, I felt like I had landed my dream job. Um, I was working for Kellogg's. They have an entire line of K-12 compliant items. Um, the woman who hired me had gotten promoted. She had been a dietitian from a Florida school district, gotten promoted. Our lives are so intertwined. It's so weird because yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about because you know. <laughs> he used to work at my old district. <laughs> and when you left for Kellogg's, I left for Mealvirus. So we, it's like we're almost following each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> that is funny that now that you yeah point that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she had gotten promoted and needed someone to fill her spot. So, you know, we ask around and it's word of mouth and, yeah. you know, landed on me and, and I got the job and, and became the Kellogg's key account exec for the Southeast. The Southeast, I was told it was the largest um, enrollment of, sco- of mm-hmm. students for our, this region in the country. So there's a lot of eyes on the Southeast, a lot of big districts down here. But for four years, really, um, I got to lead those initiatives uh, for the s- Southeast and had a lot of fun learning the manufacturer side of school nutrition. Didn't you win awards too? 
I thought you won some award for Kellogg's or at Kellogg's. Yeah, I, I won um, our team's Golden Apple Award. Um, I sold a lot of our vanilla confetti pancakes and <laughs> did some really cool partnerships with Miami Dade and um, created some custom marketing promotions and really had a lot of fun, you know, working top down with some systems and um, and and having been an operator and a dietitian and a school nutrition specialist, you know, it's I'm able. I was able to be a leader for our team um, and really enjoyed that position. Um, but through some restructures with Kellogg's, uh, they Kellogg's um, doesn't or dismantled, I guess, the K-12 business unit due to restructures. And so now um, I just recently, like this past fall, I was really kind of feeling that itch again. I'm like, you know, this job with Kellogg's is ultimately it's, it's not the job I applied for, the job I was hoping to have. I'm was you know still thankful to have a job through all the restructure, but I just felt like, and I was looking for something more. And the Florida School Nutrition Conference, <laughs> wow, okay, yeah, once again was coming up, and I told myself, you know what, I'm just gonna like look around, ask around people. You know, there's always things that aren't posted that pe- or opportunities people know about. And so I had gotten done setting up my table um, and was just walking the, the show floor before the show starts um, just to see if there was any new things in this like booth in the back corner. <laughs> Caught my eye and it's, it was like woodles. And I was like, what in the world? What's it's a, a woodle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to like come back and, and you know, talk to that booth a little bit more, just out of curiosity. I could tell it was some sort of noodle based on some of the imaging. Um, but yeah, worked the show. And I think, you know, the second day, I, I mentioned it to you that I was really interested. And then also I saw Sally Nicholson, a director from, that I knew from my, to- my time. Um, Lexington with Kellogg's, yeah. And, and I had seen her in <laughs> South Carolina. And all of a sudden I'm standing at her booth and she's on the manufacturer side, and I'm like being pitched a product. <laughs> it was a really weird moment because I'm like, Sally, this is just like, I'm like, this is, I don't know what, yeah, type of uh, space continuum I'm in, but like, it's weird to be, you know, that you're the manufacturer and not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and then I mentioned it to you, and you mentioned that they may um, have a position. and. I was like, okay, yeah, like here's you know my resume, pass it on. A few calls with the CEO later. <laughs> <laughs> did you think that whatever you whatever I was like, hey, I think they're going to be hiring a VP for K twelve. Did you think that they were? Well, you that didn't say serious? VP for K twelve. You said they need someone to like lead the broker. I'm okay, like, okay, yeah. yeah, I can do that. Kev through Kellogg's, like I know how to manage a manufacturer broker relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, yeah, that sounds like something up my alley. <laughs> so during you know the call with the legal. Um, with their legal team and they're presenting me the offer and they're like, and then um, your title will be VP of K-12. <laughs> like, okay, VP of the K-12 division. Well, when, like, well. when the CEO explained it to me, he, he always said a VP of sales, right, for mm-hmm. K-12. But then, you know, I, I introduce you to him two days later you're on a call, two days, two days later you have an offer and then now the job is the VP of K-12, which is a pretty big title. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, you know, gearing up for this this job and feeling nervous about it, but really thinking about the fact that it feels really good to have a job that 
kind of combines all of my career experience up until now into one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't let imposter syndrome uh, get to me because I listened to this really good speaker at FINCI, which is like the National Nutrition and Dietetics Conference. Yeah. But she was talking, She, this woman worked for NASA and she was literally designing spacecrafts where it's a matter of life and death. If like something goes wrong, astronauts' lives are... Um, at risk, but she was talking about how she didn't have time or she thought that imposter syndrome was ridiculous because no one going into a new job has all the tools or all the experience. It's it's why it's a promotion. You're advancing. Um, but that literally everyone experiences imposter syndrome uh, and that you shouldn't let that stop you. Yeah. And so that was empowering because I remember sitting there listening to that, too. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, because like, as an entrepreneur, like I'm like my life is fake until you make it right or believe until you achieve it. And it shouldn't really be. I mean, I'm not being an imposter. Like I'm learning as I'm growing. Mm-hmm. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. But I, f- I feel like I have all the tools with my manufacturer background and knowing all of everything that comes with that, but also having a really strong operator background and understanding the regulations and like how to make a menu and where products fit in a menu to be able to, kind of meld all that experience into this position. And I also have a lot of relationships within the industry. So I know people who have done this sort of job before. So if I do have questions, I can just pick up the phone. I'm not on an island by myself. Yeah. Um, even though right now in the K-12 division <laughs> of Palmetto Gourmet Foods, I am the only internal. You are the K-12 uh, division. You know, we have a sales force of Waypoint, the broker, and we have a marketing team through mm-hmm. NextGen. Um, and so that's really great. Um, yeah, whenever they reached out to me like, and they ask for any recommendations, you – popped in my head immediately because you are the perfect person for the position. You're a registered dietitian. You've worked in the school district. You've been on the industry side for a long time. Like you have all the connections and experience and the relationships that you need to take Woodles to the next level. Yeah. 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 And, um, and I had thought to myself and I, I've had this thought that I would like to take a small um, smaller company with a product that I really believe in and and build it out because mm-hmm. I had seen p- other people do that within my industry. You know, it's nice to have the Kellogg's name to back me up when I'm trying to get a meeting and, yeah. you know, people entertain you because you're Kellogg's, but like, what does that mean when you have, you know, a, you're a lesser known company, but with a product that you really believe in and can get behind. And so that's really what Woodles is and, and whole grain ramen. It's uh, It's a product that kids love. I mean, really everyone loves. Adults get excited about ramen too, but kids especially get excited about ramen. Um, It's a whole grain ramen, which we haven't seen in the school segment at all. It's filling this huge hole um, and it only takes about five minutes in hot water to to heat it up and and scratch cook this product, which is extremely versatile. Um, You can drain it after cooking it, toss it in sauce. You can use it in like a broth bowl. Um, it can be like a build your own ramen bowl station. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's so easy to prepare. Even I can prepare it. And I've cooked <laughs> woodles at home many a nights. I've tried woodles with curry chicken, with mm-hmm. beef, like all different types of things. And it, like, it's good. It's really good. And whenever I first started helping out with some of the marketing and relationships and all that, at the Florida show, 
I would actually bring people to the Woodles booth, like almost kind of hoping that someone wouldn't like it because no, I haven't received one piece of bad feedback about Woodles yet from directors from anywhere, whether it was Florida or in New York or wherever else I took people to the booth. Everyone just loves it. And I don't think I've ever seen a product that is so well received than Woodles. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really wonderful product. I've gotten the chance to work a few shows in December um, and seeing, you know, after working with Kellogg's and feeding people vegan chicken nuggets, which also were very well received most of the time, but it's always, you know, a very skeptical <laughs> audience. Yeah. Like everyone is more than... They're willing to try ramen mm -hmm. um, and woodles, and yeah. the response is just, it's so fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, so Palmetto Gourmet Foods is the first American producer of, of innovative, sustainable plant based ramen. And so we have our original whole grain recipe, but I'm also working um, on a uh, a high protein version, mm. which is already available in retail. But we're working on a whole grain formulation that incorporates pea protein in the dough. And the CEO of um, this company, one of the reasons that once, like I really kind of was the nail in the coffin for me for my decision was hearing his passion about being able to provide high protein meals at low cost um, to kids. And that's really his mission. And to know that a CEO for a company with this new division, because Palmetto Gourmet Foods wasn't in food service, um, and they've launched into K-12 food service mm -hmm. with one SKU. And to know that he has a vision for this product, and he believes in it, and he wants to get healthy, high-protein, low-cost meals into the mouths of America's, America's kids um, was a mission that I could get behind. Yeah. And it's not just the kids in America, it's kids across the world. Like we've had some conversations, both me and Reza, and this dude has a fire in him and all yeah. he wants to do is serve. Yeah, so he, he we, I guess uh, we sent uh, ramen um, product over to the Ukraine, mm -hmm. like during those, uh, those times in the recent history. Um, and yeah. it's, yeah, he's a visionary and um, I, he's been giving, me a lot of trust in yeah. his product um, and leading this uh, division. Um, but once again, you know, it's it's a, a leap that is a risk, yes, but also um, one that's I'm very strategic with any risk. I'm not a risk taker <laughs> like you, Marlon. I don't really like jump blindly. But I we like take the same risk, like you know, right around I, the same time. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, but I I maybe like check, make sure more boxes are checked before I jump than you. Like, <laughs> not me. I'm like, does it feel good? All right, we're gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like checking the water temperature and yeah. like the depth and like, okay, I'll jump feet first, not head. <laughs> first and no, I'm, um, I'm first. but yeah it's just a really fantastic product that I'm really looking forward to seeing how this is gonna um, be incorporated into schools um, like I said it's a speed scratch item with a lot of different uses and I think this first year or two there are gonna be a lot of traditional Asian applications for it it's gonna fill a huge hole because mm -hmm. um, right now pasta is a difficult you know, it has been whole grain pasta has been a difficult product for schools to work with, but we actually have like state of the art dough technology, which um, keeps this ramen firm. 
for much longer than traditional whole grain pasta. So I think like school districts are going to be amazed when they really start to work with this product and they're going to see its versatility in use. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe the first year we'll be seeing a lot of traditional ramen applications, but after that, you know, this could start, uh, you know, ramen marinara, cheesy ramen, you know, curry ramen. Um, And the thing is too, it doesn't even have to be cooked. When I, when I first heard about Palmetto, I was at ANC this past summer, and Sally Nicholson introduced me to them, and someone there gave me some ramen. She was like, hey, it tastes so good, you could eat it raw. And I was like, well, not raw, but, you know, uncooked. And I'm like, all right, yeah, 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 whatever, just like any other new item. Like, I'm, I'm kind of paying attention, but then not really, because I'm, you know, I'm hustling and bustling, getting around, right? But that evening, you know, conferences go like you work, 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 and then you forget to eat even though you're at a food show. So you're starving. And I'm in my hotel room. And I'm dying after being on the trade show floor all day. I'm like, what am I going to eat? I have nothing here. And I'm like, oh, I have this ramen in my bag. <laughs> Let me give this a shot. And I <laughs> ripped that package open and I took I took my first bite. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is actually delicious. And so now you can put it on salads and do, do all sorts of cool stuff with it. It's yeah, delicious. And instead of croutons, uh, you can crumble yeah, some yeah. noodles on top of a salad and have a nice like whole grain crunch to a salad. And it's funny because I've actually talked to some friends you know, about my my new professional endeavors and unsolicited they're like yeah my i've a couple people have told me their kids eat ramen raw and i'm like i'd never heard of that i i used to eat ramen all the time growing (laughs) up but i've never eaten it raw (laughs) yeah and you know as looking into the future and and wanting a innovation pipeline you know things like that you know there's possibilities with this company aside from you know our high protein version what other ways can we deliver ramen other than bulk packaged? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, if we can get this first year going and oh, manage will. the national launch of this product. Um, well, there's a lot that this company is going to be able to offer uh, school nutrition programs. And ultimately, I'm just really excited to be given the opportunity and, and a lot of faith from the company um, in my ability to be able to lead this product. Yeah, uh, and I mean, I, speaking of faith and the leadership at the company, I would say Ray's is very similar to Beverly in the fact that he listens to other people. Like, he brought you in and Sally Nicholson and some of the others because he understands that he is not the expert here and there's, there's things to be learned from other people. And sitting at the table with him and you and the others, like, he is actively like trying to get information out of you. Like how, what can he do? How can he be better? How can he feed more kids? Like how can we make this product taste better, be more nutritious and all those things. And he's all about it. And so much of the fact that he's willing to work with school districts and help and receive recipes they develop, but then give them the credit for developing the recipes. Like he wants Mm -hmm. to collaborate and work with more people and just learn because he's new to this, this vertical in food service. Yeah, absolutely. He's, um, I, I've I've been really really happy so far um, yeah. with you know the accessibility that I have to him and um, his willingness and um, his willingness to say yes mm-hmm. you know because you're oftentimes there's a lot of reasons people can say no to you and people yeah. you know it's but when you find yes people mm-hmm. um, that's when you know that you can really start to make some changes yeah um, and and move the needle in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I have to point out, too, that um, Palmetto is part of the Borealis family, right? 
So there's actually, like, the products that they originally launched were Chef Wu ramen that you can find in grocery stores, correct? And some people may be familiar with Chef Wu already. But yeah, yeah but they had the idea for feeding more kids. And how do you do that? You go to the schools. And they came up with Palmetto and Woodles. Yeah, and eventually we may see a retail version of Woodles. Yeah. Um, I kind of think it tastes better than Chef Wu. No offense to anybody out there from Chef Wu. <laughs> but the Woodles taste better. <laughs> well, you know, come fall, Woodles will be in a lot of school districts. So, yeah, people yeah. will get to determine that for themselves. All right. Well, I have to say thank you so much for being on the podcast. We are going to uh, talk about more Woodles in the fall. Maybe have some video content that we're going to put out there as well, too. But this is a, a new product, and it's being led by an amazing team, including yourself. And I'm most happy to have the opportunity to collaborate with you guys whenever I can. Yeah, well, we'll be in touch. <laughs> All right, looking forward to it. All right, thanks, Marlon, for yep. yeah giving me a platform to talk about this great company and this great product and where I fit into all of it. It's my pleasure. <laughs>